Triple M NRL for Harvey Norman. Brands, innovation and solutions for all your appliance needs. It's all about the Asada uh, saga at the moment. Uh, the fallout, bottom line is the players will only miss a month of football and uh, Coach Shane Flanagan has uh, defiantly declared he'll be back at work next month to oversee the rebuilding of the Cronulla Sharks and the man who's also at the coalface there is the Sharks CEO, Steve Noyce, and he joins us right now. G'day, Noisy. Hi, mate. How are you? Yeah, going okay, mate. Uh, Shane Flanagan, uh, Noisy. Um, what's the situation with Shane Flanagan? Will he ba- be back at work next month? So about uh, eight and a half months ago, I think, Matty, off the top of my head, the NRL completed their investigation and uh, faced down that... While Shane had no knowledge of the supplement uh, situation at the club in his role as the head coach, um, he had a responsibility to make sure he knew what his staff were doing. And so the NRL decided after a a lengthy investigation to suspend him for 12 months um, and put a number of conditions on that uh, suspension, which he's been uh, working through. And uh, they said if uh, subject to managing all that, and, and completing some studies and other things, he, he may be eligible to come back after nine months, which is next month. Okay, so the NRL did an investigation. Has Cronulla done an investigation? Has Cronulla gone around and spoke to Trent Elkin and some of the players to find out more? Yeah, before I got here, Gordon, there was a number of things that the Cronulla club did. And I, th- I think this is all well documented. Shane was stood down um, last year. Um, when the competition started and then there was another another report um, and uh, as a result of that report um, the board made a decision to uh, to bring Shane back which might have been around two or three was before I got him I'm not sure exactly when that was Noisy it's uh, Paul Kent here mate can I just ask you this uh, when Shane got stood down for nine months uh, that was for his failure uh, in his duty of care towards the players in the meantime, Trent Elkin has oh, gone... For, that was a code of conduct breach yeah. from the NRL in yeah. relation to the code of conduct that we have, yep. Okay, yeah, but he claimed uh, that he had no knowledge of the, the drugs being given to the players, didn't he? Well, that was what the NRL... Uh, yeah. That was the findings of the NRL report. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, Trent Elkin uh, has come out on the public record and said that, that Shane Flanagan uh, was completely aware of what drugs were being uh, given to the players and what the situation was there. Uh, so th- shouldn't that change things now as far as... Uh, or shouldn't it at least uh, earn the fact that uh, we, we need to re-examine what happened? Yeah. All that information was available to the NRL, uh, Paul, when they did their investigations. Uh, that's, probably you should, that's probably a matter you should take up with the NRL. Well, aren't you concerned, though, as a CEO, that your former... Uh, um, high performance managers come out saying the coach was fully aware. Like, shouldn't shouldn't that evidence be tested in something more than a he said she said environment? And do you think it wasn't tested in the NRL investigation? Well, well it doesn't appear to be. Okay, let I me ask you this can, then. Let me ask we this. Can keep going. There's been about eight investigations. Okay, we probably paid out seven hundred thousand dollars to do all those investigations. You know, I, I haven't been party to those investigations. I think it's proper and appropriate that you allow third-party people to do those okay. who, are, who are charged with that responsibility so that there's not this perception of, you know, uh, any in-house sort of stuff. And, you know, I, I think guys like Nick Weeks, who's the integrity officer of the NRL, you know, um, 
has a standing to make sure he gets through all of the uh, information. And in the end, they uh, they decided that Shane wasn't aware of the program, um, but should have been uh, aware of what his staff was doing and, and suspended him for 12 months. I yeah. mean, you know that better than anyone. Mate. Okay, listen. Okay. So you said there that, you, that the NRL came in and investigated that and, and uh, to make sure there wasn't a perception there that things were going on. Do you think now all the evidence, all the inquiries, now that it's closed, now that the players have accepted their bans, that the evidence should be made public so people can uh, test whether perception's right or not? And if people have a, uh, this wrong opinion that ch- the Sharks cheated or, or knew what was going on, they can look at the evidence, make up their own mind. So every time a matter goes to court or something, matter we're going to show evidence to every, everyone? Well, I mean, I think at some stage, if the NRL ca- integrity people are the ones charged with going through this or Asada, you know, who, who must have spent millions and millions of dollars. You know, everyone's got a view about it and I understand and respect that. But the people who have the, the facts and all the information, they're the ones that make the decision in okay. relation to people like me who are registered by the NRL. Our um, accountability and responsibility for our registration is for them and for the players, obviously, it's been with Asada and now, these investigations have been thorough, extensive. Uh, people have been stood down. You know, it's uh, a, a year's suspension for a coach from our game is certainly, a, a, you know, a, a harsh penalty um, or, or a you know a big penalty. And um, uh, you know, as I've said, well, a couple uh, not of not times, not, right? not necessarily noise. If he's if he's involved in systematic drug doping, I don't think it's harsh enough. But that's what we don't know. You, you spoke that, there about the investigation being thorough and extensive. The most thorough and extensive drug investigation in history was Lance Armstrong, and the entire findings from his inquiry were made public. So people could go in and you can go through the thousands of pages of evidence if you choose to and determine your own guilt on, on Lance Armstrong. I, I can't see why, given we all believe that these players were hard, harshly done by, why won't the NRL, why won't Cronulla, why won't they encourage whoever's decision it is to make the evidence public? So we can make up our own mind whether we believe it or not or whether there's been a cover-up because we saw in Melbourne last week in the federal court that there were clear plans to make the trainers, I think Dean Robinson was one of them, the scapegoats for the AFL investigation and it appears now with Trent Elkin receiving a much harsher penalty here with Trent Elkin's evidence coming out conflicting from Shane Flanagan's Yet, we, we, we choose to believe the big fish, Shane Flanagan, rather than the little fish, Trent Elkin. So why, you, won't, why you, won't we make it public? Uh, you need to be careful, mate, of bringing casting dispersions on NRL people. I'm not, I'm um, not casting dispersions. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, well, are, Trent mate. Elkin came out on the public record. You're not happy unless you... So you want to become judge, jury and executioner? No, no, no. I want to make an informed decision based on the evidence well, which nobody's allowing me to see. Yet yeah, I can see yeah. with the most famous drug case, Lance Armstrong. What, what, yeah, what are we hiding here? We're not hiding anything, mate. Well, people, why, why, why not charged, make it public then? People who are charged with the responsibility of going through this matter have gone through it. And so if you're not happy with that decision, mate, you should take it up with people. But every time people make decisions, if you, if you call into account their integrity, is, is that all we're going to do all through this? What's happened, you can't change and I can't change. Intelligent people, intelligent businesses learn from mistakes. That's the only way we can move forward. So what we've got to do is make sure 
whilst ever we're in rugby league, that this thing never happens again. We have to have strong governance at this club. We have to make sure our culture is strong and, and learn from this um, and make sure it never happens again for any sport in Australia. I think it's brought great uh, discredit to a country who prides itself on uh, on fair play in sport. So you now we can keep going on and on, mate, about all your things and we can run a poll, we can do lots of things, but we can't change it. Asada have spent, as I say, millions of dollars. I'm sure the NRL spent millions of dollars and I know Cronulla spent millions of dollars. And in the end, there's verdicts been handed down by people who are charged with that accountability, they're charged with that responsibility. Uh, let's let them do their job. Let's let people go on it and let's make sure that we learn 100% that this thing can never, ever, ever happen again. No, I, I agree with all that, noisy. but the one word you used before uh, was perception. And I don't believe the perception out there from a large majority of rugby league fans is that this is the right decision. Now, if that perception is wrong, why not release the evidence to change our perception? Are you asking me to report uh, release the NRL report? I'm asking you saying? to ask the NRL. I'm asking you to ask the NRL and say, in the, in the interest of our club and our club's integrity... We want this fair, open, transparent. We want the perception out there to be the true perception. No, no. We want the no, you want, pe- you no, want that, well, mate. I think the fans want that. No, you want that. So everyone, so the NRL came out. We gave every bit of information they wanted. They had legal people. They went through a number of interviews. Look, um, look, nice, yeah, we I, made sure I, I, we had look. legal people. So if you think all those people that are involved in some conspiracy, Paul, I think you should wake up to yourself, mate. No, 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 it's not disrespectful. No, no, it because, no, I, it no it's, it's not. Extremely look, disrespectful. Look, okay, it's not. Go, you go and read what's happened down in court. You go down and happened in the federal court in Melbourne last week when you see the deals that got cooked up between the AFL and Asada and Essendon. And you tell me it's impossible to happen in the NRL as well. What happens in the federal court between Essendon? You, you can talk about that. That's got well, you're, you're, to do no, with hang on, mate. but you're trying to say to me, you're trying to say some fanciful idea that I suggest there could be some deals made here, and yet we've already seen the AFL uh, under the inspection of a, of, a, of a court system. It has happened. So why, why, why couldn't it happen in the NRL? Well, there's probably, uh, so, that, so there's probably 50 or 60 people, a number of them extremely well-qualified a number of them who hold senior positions in legal firms or senior positions at the NRL, and you've questioned their integrity. I'm not questioning their integrity. I'm yes, saying the perception out there of their fighting against uh, what's happened or, or, the, or perceived to have been happened are, are vastly different. So I'm asking, why can't we make the evidence we, public? Uh, yeah. what, what are you I'm hiding? Sure. Why, why, can't, why, why is there a problem making this evidence public? If Lance Armstrong's, the full details of his investigation can be made public, on the public record. You can look it up online. I can look it up online. Why can't this one be made public? So all those rugby league fans out there say, you know what, I've looked at the evidence. There's nothing to worry about. They made the right decision. There's no doubt from the time this um, matter came up um, with the, the press conference and, you know, there's been a number of any number of theories, any number of full starts, any number of concerns, any number of agendas. You know, whatever happens, Paul, if it went the other way, there'd be other people saying, you know, this is this, is this, this is that. This is such a high-profile That's true. That's true, Steve. Matter. But, the, but, the, but so, the only thing that satisfies that, then 
is if we all get to look at it and make up our own minds. No, no. What satisfies it is that, as I said earlier, 50 people with great respect to you, more knowledgeable, more educated, more in charge of all these things have gone through it. And so you mightn't be happy with that, Paul. I can't Well, you used the word before, though, agenda. They also have an agenda. Jeez, every time I read different papers... There's plenty of agendas. Exactly, mate. I exactly. I don't deny. I don't deny the existence of that. But by, yeah, by so you saying that, you've confirmed they do exist. Oh, but I'm, I'm I'm a simple bloke, but I can read papers and see different things. But again, do we pander to those agendas, or do we say no, no, no? The see, but this is Who the point, the Steve. This is the point. We don't so want we get... don't want to pander to agendas. We want to clarify. The evidence. So by making the evidence public, well, we clarify. We don't. We, we then get rid of the agendas because if anybody is trying to drive an agenda, you simply say to them, "Mate, you're wrong." Because here in the evidence, it states this. That's why you're wrong. However, without the evidence out there in public view, we can drive these agendas all day long. Have you finished, Paul? Yeah, I'm waiting for an answer. Paul, Paul Kent, QC. So it's a really sunny day out here at Ramondas, folks. Two o'clock kickoff, big family day. So let's get out and support the club. Club's been through a lot. We've Why should they support the club? Because this is their club. The club's been here forty-seven years. It's bigger than any one person. And it oversaw it's a drug program. <laughs> so we just pack up, mate. Do we? Well, no, no, no. You start treating the fans like like they deserve to be treated. You start treating them with a little bit of respect. And Shark, yeah, this is all about the integrity and perception of the club, Steve. I'm not trying to drive the club down, but this is about the integrity and perception. Uh, you've got you've got one uh, man saying uh, that he had no that idea, and you've got another man saying he had full full knowledge, and yet you've backed the coach. And so, so what do you want me to do with all these young kids who are walking past me here with big smiles on their face? They want to get in for free. They get a free show bag. They want to come and sit on the hill. Like you did and I did when we were young. You know, well, what you do, are, mate, what you do is you make sure that they're the, heroes that they're going to watch are clean and the heroes are innocent. And, and the they're not plastic heroes. And so, Gordon, with great respect, mate, you've never done... Everyone, As you get older, everyone seems to get purer. When we were all young, mate, we've all made mistakes. You can't mate, I've never taken drugs, things. mate. Don't ever try and to tell me in that. And you said, Gordon, we've all done, and you try to change. I've never taken a drug, and, noisy. Yeah, so I'll never, never, ever, 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 ever be tired with it. And, and I'm just saying that all those that, kids, mate, mate no, mate, but when all those kids walk in, as I'm saying, mate, they just want to look up to their heroes and know. Sure. Yeah, and so Steve, can, mate, and do you know so what? I want to defend up. them. Hey, mate, I love the game, right? It's given me everything. I want to defend so these I. guys. I want to defend these young guys. I want to go out there with all guns blazing, but we don't know it's, mate, it's as clear as mud. We need to know no, no. something, mate. We no, need no, to know something so we can go out there and... And defend them. No, no, you do know, mate. What do I know? The NRL, if you listen for one minute, I'll tell you what you know. The NRL did an investigation, used all their resources and their legal resources and came out and suspended Shane Flanagan for one year and they suspended the registration of uh, Trent Elkin for a a reasonable time, I think in excess of two years, and on appeal... Um, that was reduced to a two-year disqualification. And they fined the club $1 million, and they said, Noisy, you have to put uh, undergo an independent governance review, and there's a heap of other things I've got to do. 
One by uh, by the 31st of October and then others by the 31st of December. So that was the NRL punishment. One million bucks and suspended two people. Asada spent 18 months, millions and millions of dollars, and came to the conclusion that the players unwittingly and unknowingly um, were provided with substances that are bar- banned on the water code. You know that. You know that 100%. But no one, you're not happy with that. You guys in there are unhappy. So it's not that we're not unhappy. No, it's not that we're not happy. Unknowingly and unwittingly, who, so we just drop this all on Stephen Dank, do we? They bring Asada. Now you're not happy with Asada. No, no, I'm not. Ha- I'm not happy with, with people. Apparently, everybody is blameless in this. It's nobody's fault. So why did the coach get suspended for twelve months? Why did Trent get it? Well, you didn't say it was because he, he was in part of the drug program. You said it was because he was his duty of care over the players. But they still took drugs. There's a code of conduct that the club. I mean, all all this has been in your papers, so you know it's, it's all a matter of public record anyway. The club was fined a million dollars for breaches of the NRL code of conduct, and two people had their registrations cancelled in relation to um, breaches of the NRL code of conduct. So that's happened, and, and the club got fined a million bucks. And now Asada's come out and said, unwittingly and unknowingly, the players. Um, or provided banned substances. Like, like everyone in Australia knows that now, guys. But they also I'm know not... they got suspended for effectively three weeks. Sure. No, Noisy, the reports coming through the WADA didn't haven't signed off on the reduced suspension. Where where is that at at the moment? You should ask WADA that, Matt. How would I know what WADA? No, well. So we have we have good legal people who are looking after the the guys, Richard Redman and Andrew Coleman. Mm. And they were dealing with Asada and the NRL. Yes. And they were provided legal documents about the whole offer, and you know it was mm. it was in a short space of time. And so young men had to make probably for, for the mm. vast majority of them the biggest decision you know that young men are faced with. They had to make that on mm. uh, on Friday. Well, uh, they've made it. Obviously, my job's to keep ringing them and keep talking to them, make sure they're okay if they need any support. Well, um, well the we'll reports provide that for them. Reports were that they that they signed off on the reduced suspension. Well, Asada told them that Wada had signed off on it. Now we're getting reports through Wada's CEO saying, "Look, we know nothing about it." Oh, I think, as I tried to say earlier, Matt, you know, everyone. If you read one paper, Wada haven't signed off on it, then you read another paper or you hear another news uh, headline. Everyone's got a view on it. I think that's. I get that because, like the three guys, in your, you know, yourself and the other two guys, we all love this game and we hate the fact that there's a black eye on the game. And because we love it, and all the members love it, and all the sponsors love it, and because it's been such a high-profile matter, it, it creates enormous interest in one way or another. And everyone has opinions. And as I said to Paul earlier, everyone has agendas. I, I just think we should look at the facts. Um, respect what, as I say, you know, eminently qualified people with high integrity who have done these um, reports. And simple bloke like me just says, I'm not sure what happened before I got here, but that under no way is anything going to happen like that again. And as you said, like you, Gordon, I've never touched a drug. Don't ever, ever intend to. And as long as I'm here at this club, you know, we'll, we'll be strong in our governance and we'll make sure that if there's any hint that people don't want to follow the rules, I'll be out the door. Noisy, can you tell me this, please, mate? Um, 
why were the players given 10 days show cause notice and then within that given till a Friday morning deadline to make a, a call on this? Why, why, from, from my understanding, they were put under, I think, unfair duress to make that decision. Why did they put that shortened deadline on making the decision? Um, through third-hand knowledge or, or third-hand communication, I think there was a, a requirement that uh, players um, needed, to, needed to miss game time as part of the penalty. I think there'd been, there'd been uh, discussions prior to that about, uh, you know, maybe suspensions being done over our off-season or, I guess, in Australia, the summer period. And right. uh, as I say, I... As I say, I'm not repeating that firsthand because it was. To uh, so remember, the club had no involvement in the uh, in the uh, in the actions with uh, with the solicitors and the players. I understand. So I, I know, think that it sounds extremely unfair to the players, though, that they were put in a position where they had to basically race the clock to come up with a decision that was so dramatic. Because we all heard last week, Paul Gallen, we heard a couple of other players all come out and say that they didn't take drugs and they wouldn't be copping any deal. And then yep. suddenly this deal was put to them, the show cause was put to them, and within the show cause was a, a, a shorter deadline to come up with a guilty plea. And, and to me, and again, see, I think the whole Asada investigation has been that they've admitted that they basically gave up the investigation back when Essendon and, and the AFL uh, started circling each other to head to court, uh, leaving the Cronulla players in this position. Now, while that's tremendously unfair to the players, the fact is that... Uh, they put this clause in there, which I think if, if they wanted to argue that in court, they'd probably have a fair court uh, point because you're old enough to remember, as I can, the, the whole Super League war where players were put in duress. duress and that became one of the buzzwords at the time. I'm sure this would qualify as duress. Yeah, we've had good legal people all the way through and one thing I would say, and I did say it to the players, that the time frame was certainly... Um, you know, short, but looking at the guys and seeing the seeing the pressure on them and seeing, you know, the how they were managing it. The flip side is I think you could you could almost have a bit too much time. You know, I think when we're all faced with tough decisions, um, the more you wrestle with it, the longer you wrestle with it, you know, you change your mind a thousand times and um, you know, I know that as late as you know, late Thursday night, you know, guys were wrestling with it, but and 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 they were getting um, it, it was getting harder and harder emotionally and, and physically for these young men. And you know, if, if you get a week, sometimes I think you get to the stage where you just do your head in, and um, in the end, um, and they were having discussions with each of the guys at the other clubs. Um, you know, as Gordon and Matty had know, you know, that's that's our players. Um, gather information apart from the legal people. They talk to the other guys at all the other clubs, and um, yeah, it, it was really tough. And you know, people were um, concerned about being branded. Um, but I think you know when when the Essendon, sorry, when the Asada evidence says unwittingly and unknowingly, um, I guess there's not an asterisk next to your charge. But it, it wasn't as though people said, you know intentionally and whatever other word might go with that so um, I don't see any winners out of any of this Paul um, I don't I, either I don't no. either Noise. and look I, I know um, 
I, I'm not attacking. I'm not attacking the club here. I'm not attacking the players here. I'm, I'm, but I think the game needs clarity on it. I really do. And I, and I until we do, nobody knows really what went on. And all the innuendo and the perceptions and the speculation. Yeah, for uh, yeah for poor old Paul Gallon. Paul Gallon played one of the greatest Origin games in history in 2011, and now we know he was taking drugs at the time. Unwittingly and unknowingly. Uh, exactly though, but it, it's but he still benefited from Every, that. But again, Paul, when you say people don't know things, they do know. You know, it's been all through uh, the News Limited press about what Asada said. You know what Dave Smith said, and so you don't. If you don't agree or whatever, you're entitled to your opinion. But if we went another way, then there'd be a whole wave of other people again who wouldn't agree. I mean, sometimes in life. If I'm chasing sponsorship, I always want a yes. But but at the bottom line, I always want a decision. If it's no, I get a bit frustrated, but I move on and get the next one. And I think this whole thing just kept going on and on and on. And, and that wasn't good for the game. It certainly wasn't good for these young men and the people who love them. And you know, you're a journalist who prides yourself in the work you do. And I'm sure you know you would have got sick of it at one stage. Sure, you're, you're after the, the answers. And I think this week um, it came up with certain answers that, that maybe left some holes in some people's minds. But, you know, having dealt with these five young men this week, it was bloody, it was difficult on them and their loved ones. And in the end, um, I certainly couldn't advise them because it's a personal choice. But in the end, with the support of their loved ones and the support of their solicitors and looking at the evidence, they made a decision. And so, you know, we need to, I need to keep talking to them and make sure they're okay because we all agree on that, that these young men who go out and, you know, we admire the gladiatorial nature and the work they do in the community. We're also, they're just like all of us, they're just human beings with real wives and real kids and real families. And so that's what we've got to work on. Um, people will, I was saying to everyone yesterday, the players, it's a bit of a seesaw. Um, I've got a young grandson. So when I push him down, something comes up. And obviously the focus then shifts if we say the players unwittingly and unknowingly, people like you doing the job, then look to put the pressure on the club and those in the club. And I get all that. But what we've got to do is just make sure we we, we learn from it and change things at this club, as I said, so that never, ever, ever does the great game of rugby league or the wonderful rugby league players who play at any club uh, or, or sportsmen throughout Australia, never do they go into these situations again. Noisy, big of you to come on this afternoon, mate. We we really appreciate it. And uh, good luck as the club looks to rebuild and uh, and good luck with this uh, important match this afternoon at 2 o'clock. We'll be right, mate. Up, up, Cronulla. Thanks, guys.